Welcome everybody to the Well Played Podcast. It's a show on all things playful and joyous. Together we're finding the joy in the journey of life. And today, today we are sort of diving into the idea of getting started with items or power-ups in your brand new gamified unit or lesson. And I have with me two fantastic friends. I was should I do the alliteration? I don't know. I I'm embarrassed. They're good. They're good people. No alliteration there. Uh, we have Stephanie and we have Carrie with us. Uh, if you guys could give us a brief intro, you should totally recognize these two because they were our last two episodes. <laughs> Go ahead, Carrie. Oh, thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Carrie Bauckham. I am a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade special education teacher in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And I am Stephanie Crawford, and I am an instructional coach right now for eight schools and about 300 teachers. And I was previously um, an eighth grade ELA teacher in central Illinois. Wow. This is like, sorry, I'm, it's crazy to have both of them <laughs> on my screen at the same time. I don't even, this is going to be hard. All right. Bear with me, people. Bear with me. Here we go. Adding in items and power-ups to your gamified unit or class. I guess we should start with kind of defining what these are. Because sometimes when, when we're at ed camps or we're at conferences or we're doing a PD event and we talk about these things, sometimes I move a little too quick on these items and badges and these kind of things. And, and people are like, so what do they do? Like, why do you have them? So does any of us want to tackle kind of just what is an item and a power-up, just kind of base level? No one does. So, well, all right. I how about how about you, listener? You want to answer is. it yourself? <laughs> so, an item would be something that we introduce um, that could be won or earned in your gamified classroom that gives a special power or um, a special ability um, to the person who uses it, and it could be limited to a one-time use or a couple times. I know Michael limits the number of items someone mm -hmm. can carry. Um, so you have a lot of autonomy with how you use your items, but in general, it's just something that you add in as an extra layer to the game um, to have this this other thing that they're striving for. Nice. Carrie? Good answer. Uh, oh, I have to add to her answer? You don't have to. You <laughs> could just say good, ditto. good enough? Yeah, thanks, Michael. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree with Stephanie. It's, it's something that... Um, that students earn that that gives them power in the game or gives them something in the uh no I'm what Stephanie said. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Good job, Gary. <laughs> High five. This right here shows you that well played is not edited in the least bit. This is just raw goodness that we put out for you guys. Uh so going off Stephanie's and I guess Carrie's answer. <laughs> Uh, these are little like power-ups. These are giving kids kind of the ability and that they didn't have before. And I absolutely love items and power-ups. I could talk about those ad nauseum, but with the, the sort of focus of this chat today being getting started with them, maybe, maybe we should sort of either talk about why, why they should get started, why these are a good ad. Uh, I guess let's begin there. How about we start with Carrie on this one? <laughs> well, personally, I think besides theme, and I know 
Michael, you like to use teams. We do a lot of individual gameplay, um, not individual gameplay, but individual players by game. Besides team or theme and XP, I think items are like the other next best thing to add to your game that allow infinite potential um, to your classroom. And, and they grow as you grow and they grow as your game experience grows. 100%. I also, Def- I also venture to say that you could use items without even having a game. You can do theme and items and add some fun elements to your classroom. Which would be a game. That it would be. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) Uh, So Stephanie, how about you? For why somebody should add items. And items. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Okay. Is there a mute button on here? So I think that items are important because <clears throat> they give that chance for a student who who may feel like they don't want to do this certain portion of the game or they won't do it well or, you know, that's not their expertise. So an area that they might be struggling in with the game, an item almost gives them something else that they feel like they can strive for strive towards and that they can let themselves shine in a different area to attain this item. I felt it helped encourage people to play and, and show their strengths because you would have some items, at least in my room that were um, with side quests and some that were with mini games and some that were with just like getting to a certain point with how many house points they had earned. So it felt like, those items really made the game accessible to more students in my room. That's how I felt. That's a good point. Yeah. I think that items give kind of a, a nice sort of push, a nice nudge towards things in a game. They make the the game itself way more thematic. I mean, it's just a really great space for whatever theme you choose, whether it's space pirates, whatever, those items can really make that theme come to life because you're going to name your items kind of within inside that theme. And, and I've found kids really like that. And then I also got to tell you, I think another huge reason to add items to your game is just that, that sort of collector mentality. Like my kids, I mean, already sort of are built in knowing that, you know, that idea of like grabbing and getting some and collecting some, trading some, and, and, and you're not going to start with having a bajillion of them, but I I now got to a point where each of my units has like a their own set of items that they can obtain. And I put a unique like graphic on each unit and kids kind of, there are some kids that try to get like all the Greek items, you know, uh, and that that's just like an extra like layer of something you can do and you don't have to do that again, but uh, it's just kind of, it really immerses students in your game, I guess. I found that to be true with um, even the gamified PD because I put items into that as well. Um, And, you know, it's a little bit different because I don't see them every day, but it's been fun to watch as they turn in their bingos to me to get an item that they're like, Oh, what did I get this time? And then when they strategically, I had a teacher who strategically waited to use hers Um, and gained 20,000 points by saving all of these items and seeing which ones that she could use to complete certain tasks and how she could pull pull other teachers in with that. It was amazing. And that was just, she was already playing the game, 
But this just added another element for her because she liked that. She liked, she called it her couponing with items, with game items. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so, I mean, I've seen that through with adults too. I mean, and even when we're playing board games, if the game has an element where you can collect an item, I want it. <laughs> I want it before you guys get it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I think that that's just, it keeps playing on that competitive nature. And um, especially if you like exploring in a game and you want to to have it all. I mean, it just goes along with that. I think no, one, I, oh, I'm sorry. I think one of my favorite uh, game mechanics, I mean, when you bring up playing games and what that sort of inspires in us, I really like board games that are they're called engine builders. It's kind of where you start with like very little and there's like a lot of choice in terms of like kind of what level one buildings do you want to build and those could get upgraded to level two. But there are lots of them. It's not just like, yes, we have to buy the factory and then we can buy the power plant and then you're done. It's kind of like I chose to buy this factory and this power plant and as such, I'm making these things. But Stephanie chose to buy the like, you know, restaurant and then the, you know, the mall and like she's making these kind of things. And I just like that difference. There's that autonomy. There's like an ownership in the game because these were my choices and they're playing out over time. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, like this is where I just really love board games. Win or lose, I just like that choice. Like, you know, even if at the you're towards the back third of the game and you kind of know like ah, I'm not gonna win. Like my choices weren't the right ones. <laughs> you know, but it's still like fun to play that out. Like these were my choices. Great. I like um, the more advanced my item creating ability got. I liked that um, something so simple as just um, an item in a game could offer me more storyline and could also bring moments into my in my classroom. And that that just, you know, it sparks energy. It sparks curiosity it, it, to me for my kiddos. It, um, it builds camaraderie, like hearing the story about your teacher that's going to go on for like anybody who was near her is going to remember that story or she's going to have that story to bring or people want to sort of be around people when they're using items or when they're getting items because it adds to it just it adds the level of engagement in the game but i like how it can add a storyline or it can add um it adds curiosity to and just moments when our students are interacting with those items you know Mm-hmm. All right, so sort of the next natural sort of question before we get into even what they do or different configurations of them let's just talk about how to create one no matter what it is like how you know how have your items been used how do you create them are they physical not physical whatnot so that these people can start to contextualize the creation of it and then we can kind of get into the advice of maybe good items to start with sure you want to go first carrie sure so when i started creating items i thought about my classroom and i stripped everything that was fun about, that was fun that my kids got to choose about, like sitting in a special chair or homework passes or um, I wouldn't do bathroom because that's like so, you know, not uh, politically correct PC. Um, but little things like, like um, I, I kind of cleaned the slate of, ev- of every choice that they had or anything that they could do without a- that they had to ask for permission with or that they could get. And then I thought about what I could make items for. And so it started off really simple, just like homework passes or um, picking the favorite chair or doing something that's a preferred task. But I started by stripping all the preferred things that I had in my classroom and making them not available to students and then created items that would give them an opportunity to access those things. Uh, I mean, those are really good suggestions of what to start in terms of making, but how, how did you make those items? Like what, what is an item? 
I mean, are you handing them a stick? Are you handing them like, what is the thing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just right, listeners. I, the the question was, how do we create them? I, uh, <laughs> gosh. You, you guys can back me up on this, right? <laughs> I, I, well, how did I start? I think I just used Google Docs or Google Slides in a in a in a template, and I put pictures and letters. Is that what you mean, Michael? That is fantastic, <laughs> Stephanie. And then, and then I would print them out and then cut them out, and then I would. I, at first, my students had to. I didn't have Sidequist at first, so my students would earn them by pay by paying for them. I think, which is not yeah. So I mean, I know we're joking around here, but. I, it may seem like a really base level, but a lot of times when we talk about items at an ed camp and stuff, I mean, it's like later people pull me aside and be like, I don't know what you mean by like give out an item. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Like literally. So, so I know there are lots of um, web-based generators that you can use for things that look like magic cards and to make them into items for your classroom. I know that's what a lot of the gamified educators are doing. I, and Michael hates this, I know, but I love Google Drawings for it. Well, I don't um, hate Google Drawings. So I just don't understand it because I'm. I, I, I use other <laughs> tools. I have found it really easy, um, and this has also allowed me to share that with other people. <laughs> this has also allowed me to share it with other people who are wanting to know how to start. So I have those templates that I can say, like, here's the design. You just need to put in, you know, just fill in the text box for yourself or just replace the image. And that design's right there. Um, and then I just keep those and I make a copy and make the new one. So for every item I have, I just have that drawing right there for me. And I definitely have stuck with paper, even with the district PD, um, with gamifying that because I wanted that personal connection. And I think there's something about having that item in your hand and like Agreed. even handing it over, like you earned this, take it. It's not digital. It's not something they have to look in their email for. I mean, this is like, you own this. And I love that part to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I wrote about that in Explore Like a Pirate, that, that, that connection that's made in that moment where you're physically handing a kid something and how it changes the dynamic of the room. Cause the other mm -hmm. kids, I don't pause class and say like, now watch this. I just sort of lean in and say like stephanie you got this because fill in the blank and all the other kids are like what does that do how did she get it they're like kind of leaned in to figure out this moment and they all witness that moment they all see that moment and i just think that that that's really encouraging uh but a, a great tool i don't particularly use it but that's just because i <laughs> i can more quickly design on the things that i've been using so i've been using pages on uh a Mac and that just is way quicker for me to design my leader badges and these kind of things. So uh, not that Google drawings bad. I just don't need to use it. I guess at this point, it's, it shows how all learners are different. It does. That's I will say that I, I too started with drawings, but then the more items I got, I found that slides helped me organize them so I could keep them categorized. So, cause then you could have a slides of just certain items, you know, yeah, essentially so that's something to think about. Pages in the drawing, right? So that's something yeah. to think about too. If you're a drawings just, or a Google Slides person, I just keep folders for all of my drawings, and I just keep them separate. So because I just prefer the ease of use of 
drawings to slides when it comes mm-hmm. to that. So I just sure. think it's interesting because the three of us have very different ways that we go about it, but it, we all accomplish the same thing. We still have items to hand out. So mm-hmm. I think that's good for our listeners too, because like you don't have to do it one of the ways that we do it. You just need something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just draw on a piece of paper if you need to, photocopy it. You're good still. It'll be all right. Speaking of that, I mean, like the the items themselves don't even have to be that flashy. I mean, to be honest, no. more of the kids mm-hmm. I think will be excited by the power or the ability than the actual graphic. I just tend to like fall in love with the idea of the graphics and the names of the items because again, it just brings that theme to life. But but truly, you could just you could almost do like a monopoly sort of chance card where it's just yellow and it just says <laughs> like you yeah. know here's what True. the item does and i think mm-hmm. that the kids would equally be like this is great i got this item i right. do think like the graphic part of it is more for me because i love that i love making it fit with a theme i love having that all in there and i mean i laminate my item cards so well i mean you're, I you're handing them out to teachers <laughs> and you can't trust those those teachers so you got you got to laminate I laminated for teachers and students. <laughs> I just don't know what it was. Something about it. I felt like they needed to be laminated. I didn't want to see them get all crumpled. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, now I guess let's move into that kind of thing. So if we now kind of understand that they can be generated a whole host of different ways, printed off, physical, you know, handed to the student. Now, what are these like good ways to start? Because, uh, I mean, I'm... I'm probably pushing 150 different items in my game, but like that is not where somebody should be aiming for like day one. So what are some great items to sort of begin your journey into gamification? (laughs) I'll start. So uh, for me, when I started gamification, I started with very few items and I intentionally chose items that the kids would all understand right away because they don't know your game yet and by and large right away, they don't care about your game. So all of my items kind of going along Carrie's answer and response was that all of them were things that they would understand inside school. So one was a 50-50 on a test question on like a multiple choice test question they could use once, you know, but they understood what that meant. Then there was a uh, go back to your locker and kind of like Kara was saying, that used to be something I just said okay to, I don't care. Now it's like, oh, you got to kind of unlock that. You need to have the secret stash card that lets you go back three times. Uh, so I started with that one. Oh, and then I did a late homework assignment kind of one that I wrapped into my theme called scouting party you're like scouting a like safe time to turn that in and uh those were the three but it was nice because they knew right away what those were you didn't you didn't have to care about realm of nobles you knew those were beneficial things they tried to collect them but pretty quickly after that i actually started to transition into some more items that that worked for the game and not sort of the real world (laughs) and (laughs) The more kids play the game, they actually care more about those items now. I mean, more kids will like throw away the test question one. They're like, well, I I can just study harder. Like, I don't need this, (laughs) you know. But, you know, this other one that like doubles my points for a side quest, this other one that unlocks the ability to go on these types of quests, all of a sudden those become the hot items. But, uh, I mean, I know that we're not there yet in this sort of podcast, this episode, but start with something they know. I 
I didn't use any items related to the real world with their school. So like I did, I guess the opposite of what you guys started out with your items with. I, I went for it with the game um, because I don't know. I just felt like I have these ideas of what I think the items will look like. And even if the kids aren't familiar with it, um, me being excited when I'm like, this, this is like the new item and this is what you can do with it. I made a lot of my items related to the other mini games that we played that were consistently shown because they then knew the benefit coming with it. So Mm -hmm. for instance, one of the items allowed them to unlock an extra role in our essential question dice game. So, you know, they're limited to the number of words they can use by their dice roll. But if they had this spell, this item, Mm -hmm. they could use it and they could re-roll. And so it could potentially save their team from having to have a four word answer and, and get them an extra chance at, you know, winning that game, which then had its own, you know, reward with it. So a lot of my items I had thought about how I could just give, like I said, we did Lego build. So one of the items allowed them to like steal a Lego piece from another team that they wanted, or that they just thought would end up hurting the other team (laughs) by not having it. Um, You know, that type of thing. So I, I, when you're talking about it, I was thinking like, I should have started with items that were like, yes, you can go to your locker. That would have been smart. I just never thought about that. I just like dived right into here's an item for the game. But I did start out small. I only had three items to begin with. And then I had to really like think and how I wanted to build on that. And it, but it was cool because the kids would ask like, is there going to be another item? So they were invested in it and I'd Mm -hmm. gotten them excited about it. It's just making sure that you listen to that. Like if they had asked me, is there going to be another item? And I hadn't produced one for another three months, they would have lost interest in that part of the game. They would have become frustrated. So if you do get that momentum going. You do have to be willing to put that thought into it to keep it going. I think. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, items can really breathe life into a game, but that does mean you have to kind of right. keep on top of it. Uh, and I love your story about the Legos. These, this is a good example of where items can go. And it, and it's, really fun when you have some items that allow some player interaction some like back and forth between people or items that produce some sort of certain level of choice you know some some sort of you know something they couldn't do and they're you know do i choose a or b i think those are really fun items to include agreed i i also like when i hear both of your stories i only chose the homework passes and the locker passes and things because i didn't know any other I had I didn't have a lot of game experience, and so I knew what kids liked and what they wanted. So I knew how to take that away from them, so that they could earn things that 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 would give them back to them. But it, um, I think something that people might just need to give themselves permission to do is to be patient. So like I had yeah. to let the game play out a year with these just very simple items before I could see how the game would play out. And now that I have more experience within my game, I know where things are going to go, or where they're going to lead, or what experiences I can fiddle with or what opportunities I can provide through items. And so, and I also just needed to play more games. Like before, when I had my very first game, I only knew video games and Monopoly, and I didn't have a lot of board game experience. And so, you know, being a teacher in a gamified classroom also made me more hungry to learn, and playing more games gave me more ideas for those things, too. I definitely would recommend that 
anybody and everybody to play more games, <laughs> even if you're not planning on gamifying, Agreed. just just so that you can become a happy person. Because look at look at the three of us, we're like happy, <laughs> and we all play games now. So true. You should too. I would like to just go back, Michael, because you had talked about how it's fun seeing the interaction with some of those items when they get to interact with each other. One of my favorite items that the kids loved was a curse. Um, I had a Harry Potter themed classroom. So one of the curses they could use on another team was to try to make them produce double the output for that mini game. And they had to roll a certain number to do it, but it was amazing. I would, I would, we would get the task already. And then I would say, all right, does anybody have, any curse that they're going to use and you could see them they would strategize within their team like oh who has it is someone willing to use it because you could only use it a certain amount of times so then they would strategize with their team like we're going to use it and we're targeting this team well if that team had it they would target you know like it just ended up being these crazy circles but they had to say that they were targeting someone before they rolled So, like, you had to put yourself out there and say you're going to curse this team. You're going to try to curse them. And the other team could retaliate and say, well, I'm going to do the same to you. The first team might fail and not be able to curse it. And the second team's like, yep, I did it. (laughs) You have to do double the work now. It was just amazing. And then it was always, like, that team that was was cursed to have to do double would always be like, we can do this. We can still win. And sometimes they would. It was crazy. It, like, pushed them to show others like you can't stop me we can still do this. So I those items they really are remarkable when you can find a way for them to just interact that way with each other. Yeah, I I mean my kids love anything that sort of like you said interacts and monkeys mm-hmm. with each other. It just is a lot of fun. Uh this year, I mean I've I've gone deeper into like adding features to my game and every time you add a feature to your game it's a whole new category of items that can come with those features and interactions that can happen between players with those features so while you guys listen to us talk about these items and we hope that you are encouraged to try to add them to your game and you're going to start small just recognize that as your game grows so will like the plethora of items that you can create within that game and it's mm-hmm. not it's not really going to be that hard like right now when you think like how would i ever make more than like 3 items 5 items 10 items it it might be impossible right now with what your where your game's at but then like as you add a feature to your game and you're going to have home bases well okay now that you have home bases oh we could add things to your home base and like make decisions around that or if you're going to have like i don't know different abilities right like just when things get added to your game those new features come mm mm-hmm. mhm Mm-hmm. And it can be slow. Like we've talked about, you can have one item to start out and then one item the next month and then one item the next month. It doesn't have to be an item a week that you're unveiling. I think that's the really important thing too, because that's how you keep it from becoming overwhelming. Right. Yeah. And like with that too, just recognize like with all of this advice on this channel and XP lap is that like, hopefully you're going to be doing this year over year. So if this is your first year and maybe you only get three items the whole year, it's still going to be better than not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then next year you add four more items or this summer you had four more items. Now you're at seven items. Like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, there's some units I don't add any like, cause now I like, well, I already have like eight for this unit and 
that's enough. <laughs> Other times I find myself a little extra time or something happens in class or we, we change our reading and all of a sudden we learn a little new piece about ancient Greece and then it's like, oh, that would be like just the theme of that item. Like I have to have that in the game. And, right. and sometimes the, it works that way where first I think of a name and a graphic and then it's like, what the heck does this thing do? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not always like I want them. I've also them to, been there. Yeah, like it's not like I know I want them to be able to go to their locker. Now, what do I name it? Mm-hmm. So uh, that happens to us all. But before we get too far gone here, it is reflection time. Can't believe it. With three of us on, it just goes ultra fast. Hopefully, our listeners feel Crying the same. Tears. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Today's quote comes from an awesome game. I wonder if anyone can possibly guess what that is out there. Oh, Stephanie thinks she knows <laughs> an awesome game series that I like a lot. Stephanie, do you have a guess? I mean, I believe that I know your favorite game series, and that <gasps> would be Zelda. You are correct. <laughs> and my favorite Zelda of the ones I've played. <laughs> Is. I know what your favorite Zelda should be, but you haven't played it yet. So we don't need to go down this. Not this sure. is not everybody listening. This is not part of the reflection time. We haven't actually got to the reflection time. <laughs> so give us our reflection quote. All right. So this comes from the very first Zelda, and this is the. Assuming you went through this door, this would be the first words you've seen in the game, and it it says it's dangerous to go alone take this and there's this like wooden sword there for you to get so you start the game with no items and that's the first thing that you experience as a link so how does that relate to us and items and our classrooms who's going first i can go first oh, <laughs> yes <laughs> um hi feel like it can be especially at the beginning of the year almost this i'm gonna say scary i don't think it's actually scary but when we we talk about these kids coming into a gamified classroom for the first time if they've never experienced it it is this new adventure and they aren't quite sure what to expect or how it's going to go or if they're going to get help on this journey or what it what it even means so the item really does make them feel like they are getting help Like they are being pushed along on this journey with not just by themselves, but with something that's going to help lead them, guide them, give them an advantage when they feel like they're weak and they need a little strength. So that, that really does the items just helps them move along and feel confident and want to continue on their journey instead of giving up. Nice. Oh, I thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Stephanie. <laughs> Sorry, I did a nonverbal. I did not respond to Stephanie. I turned my head to look at Carrie. I guess <laughs> I can't tell that you're looking at me, but that's okay. Because <laughs> I never mind. <laughs> I appreciate you acknowledging my comment, Carrie. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome, Stephanie. Great job, Stephanie. <laughs> Carrie, what's your take? My take is is di- is different um and that i think that going into this journey on gamification i started off by myself in it but i realized that going in alone wasn't something that i could do and i think it's like that for any creative process or anything new that i dive into even even in my building being on a team 
I feel like anytime we have people with us and we're not by ourselves on this journey and we have people to, to lean on or to use or to gain things from, um, it makes the, the journey more fun, but it also makes it just um, a little bit easier. Nice. I, I like it. I like that spin. That's really cool. Uh, for me, I'm going to straight up do the literal. I think of the game, him handing you this. Uh, I love I love this quote. I love the idea uh, as it, interest, it, it instantly intrigued you in the game. Like the moment you're handed this item and this is what I see happen in our class, you, you just kind of want to know like what's more, right? Like so the next... You know, in that game, you get this, you went from nothing, you're on the screen, you don't even know what you can do, you're trying to push buttons, nothing's happening because you don't have anything. You go in this door, this guy hands you his sword, and then all of a sudden you can do something, and you're instantly like, I gotta take this thing for a spin. So you go up, you go up outside the building, and you look around for things to use the sword on and explore, and, and you're kind of instantly like motivated, like, what else is going to be out there? What else am I gonna uncover? And I feel like items do that in my class over and over again the moment kids get them and i don't care if they're in last place in my game or if they're in first place in the game the moment they get an item there's they're one wanting to use the item so they're like when is this situation going to happen that i can use it but they're also like inspired again to go on another quest do another thing so that they can kind of unlock that next item true yay Thank you guys so much for coming on this sort of special three-person show and a three-person series between the two of us and then the two of us and now the three of us is amazing. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys so much. Uh, I think it's these are powerful episodes that uh, hopefully we all took something from. I know I did. Thank you, Michael. Yes, thank you for having us. No problem. Everyone else out there, thank you so much for listening. If you could check out our my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mr. Matera, or my website, which is just mrmatera.com. Love to see you in either of those spaces. That's all we have for now. Take care, guys. <laughs>